listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about why people like to smell books. Mallory, by the way, at the beginning said, I can't believe we haven't done an episode on about this, which is very funny. It's, um, it's such a big, buzzy book topic is the smelling of books. We've never done an episode. It's very weird. We're, we're also finally testing out the laminator that someone sent us. And we're interviewing oh. fellow Max Funner, Fun, Thunder, Funner, <laughs> Jordan Morris, about his new graphic novel, Bubble. We should call all our subscriber to all our Max Fund subscribers our Max Funders. Max Funders, actually, that is true. Yeah, this is a big packed episode. Uh, but before we get into it, Bria, what are you reading? I'm reading a book um, called "In the Quick" by Kate Hope Day. Um, I picked it up because it's about a female astronaut, and it had comparisons to Jane Eyre and The Martian. And I was like, I can't. Wrap I feel my like brain I've heard of this. this. Yeah, yeah. It um it was definitely on like a buzzy book list. It's interesting because um for those sci-fi nerds out there, the reason I think it's getting these comparisons is because it's very much it is a sci-fi book-ish, um but it feels very real. Like I'm sure every it feels like everything has been done like all of the details of it feel very realistic and it's about this young woman whose uncle designed these very specific um uh, battery cells for um uh um a ship um a spaceship and um uh and they fail when she's a kid and then she starts going to like astronaut training school and it's very realistic it's not like a normal Bria book where it's like and also there's flying dogs uh it's like a very realistic <laughs> version and it's kind of about her it's kind of also just like a lot of science and a lot of like um the about about what what it would be like like the de- the minute details of like what they're eating and and stuff like that and um but also about her and her kind of coming of age uh kind of a coming of age story i'm only about halfway through it is it's different than any other sci-fi book like this that i've ever read like it's definitely very grounded much more about the like again like the the things that you would be actually happening so it feels like it's like part I, and people compare it to The Martian. I'm almost like it's almost it's almost like you need to read this hand in hand with the Mary Roach book about space. Does well, she poop in a tube in this book? No, but there's a whole bathroom thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, I am reading a book that I think you would be interested in. And I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in. It's a very interesting genre mashup. It is The Helm of Midnight by Marina Lostetter. And it's like a serial killer thriller, but a fantasy book at the same time. It's a really interesting mashup. So it's about this woman and she lives in this like fantasy world where... Um, time is a currency, like not money. You actually like time itself, like minutes of, of your life. People like pass minutes and hours back and forth. Like that's how you pay for things like at at a store. Um, and there is magic, but it is very, very carefully regulated. It's like almost kind of like a dystopian world where there's definitely like a lot of, um, class division and, um, but what happens is if people, the main form of magic in this world is that when someone dies, um, people make a death mask of their face and all their powers. It, when you wear that mask, you can get it. 
And the main character of this book is a woman who's a regulator. It's kind of like the magic police there. Um, and they use the masks for like, you know, they have these special um, gauntlets that they wear that give them more courage and take away their fear while they're working. And in the beginning of the book, uh, there's she's been hired to um, to be sort of the security for this big event that's happening where they're displaying a lot of these like magical items that are, are regulated or not ever sh- like uh put out in use for the public but they have them on display at this like very fancy party like i said there's a lot of like you can see there's a huge class gap in this in this fantasy world and there is a heist and someone breaks in and takes one of the masks that's on display but it's was the death mask for like the most notorious serial killer that this fantasy city has ever seen and he was super notorious he was called the butcher because he had like this crazy uh uh, knowledge of human anatomy and he was like the most cruel fucked up serial killer and someone has stolen his mask to uh and they and killings start happening so it's this like really really fascinating very well written very compelling mashup of like oh my god there's a serial killer loose on a city but it's like there's lots of magic and there's Ooh, fantasy things happening I and there's monsters this. like magical monsters so it's really really cool it's nothing it's like nothing i've ever read before and i'm really really enjoying it um so that's the helm of midnight by marina lostetter i have to check that out mine is called in the quick by kate hope day So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Kristen wrote in about childhood books. I just got done listening to episode 208 and you mentioned that you wanted to know what kids are reading these days. I'm an elementary school librarian and I'm currently running a summer school class of my own design that teaches kids how awesome graphic novels are. Oh, we love love this. Uh, Funny enough, a lot of the books I remember as a kid are still popular. Rainbow Fish, which I, upon looking back, I absolutely hate that book. Why? You don't. You do remember the Rainbow Fish where he has to give away all his little scales? Oh no, I don't remember this. Oh, this is like this horrible story about this little fish, and he's supposed to learn that like life is special when you give away all your scales, and then he's left with only like one scale. Oh no, I don't. fish! You keep your scales for yourself. <laughs> uh, I don't anyway. remember this book. I don't remember it. I have a I have personal vendetta against this particular book. Anyways, but yeah, so if you give a mouse a cookie and goosebumps are all, all still get used and loved. Graphic novels of all genres are probably the most popular with almost all of my readers. And there's been a great boom in high quality fantasy, not written by trash babies and realistic fiction. It always makes me happy when students pick books that feature characters who are traditionally marginalized and have so many amazing books coming out that aren't the, and there are so many amazing books coming out that those aren't hard to find anymore. I love your podcast so much. This week in my graphic novel class, I, I 100% told my students that it's okay to dump that book. And just today, I talked about wheelhouses and doghouses. Love it. Wow, that is great. Kristen, you are doing good work. That is great. Doing the Lord's work over there. Um, Alice wrote in and said, after losing my library card a decade ago when my wallet was stolen, I finally got up the courage today to get a new one. Yay! My big fear was Love that it. the person who stole my wallet had racked up thousands in library fines, but it turns out that my old card had just expired and I was no longer in the system. Which, by the way, I love that so you think someone stole your wallet just to oh go my check God. out I'm books. Extremely obsessed with this idea that someone would be like, like rubbing their hands together. They're like, oh, I'm going to get this lady's wallet and get so many books for free. <laughs> Uh, As soon as I got my shiny new card, I went home and started adding titles to the read later shelf on my online account. That shelf now contains about 400 titles, and I also managed to max out my eight holds less than two hours after getting my new card. 
Very excited to be getting back to the library since my apartment is too small to, for me to keep buying books. Your podcast inspired me to renew my card, and it wasn't nearly as scary as I had built up in my mind. Thank you. Oh, we're so happy, Alice. That's I so I love great. this story so much. Very sweet. Very sweet. This is great. Uh, and then Emma wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is magical realism and historical fiction, especially if set in a non-Western country, coming-of-age stories by millennial, female, or non-binary authors, golden age detective fiction, or more recent books with the same attributes. This is a new one for me. Mm. Family ma- uh, manor slash boarding school intrigue, big spooky house. <laughs> I truly love a big spooky house. Um, and gin. And Emma says, I also wanted to thank you guys for encouraging listeners to use their libraries. I work at a public library and I have to say that the pile of books on my bedside table is usually 20 plus And it's very hard to stop myself from putting holds on everything new that looks interesting. Not to mention all the free books I am bringing home that are damaged and need to be discarded. I'm wondering how many years it will take for me to get this under control. <laughs> I mean, you might never. If you're, not, if you're not moving anytime soon, I wouldn't worry about it. Mallory's really anti-moving books at this point. Mallory, Mallory has a vendetta oh. against book book moving too. Mallory, Mallory, I am I'm just gonna chain myself to this house and never leave again. I never want to move these books. Such a pain in the ass. Um, quick bookmark for me, which is pretty exciting. Um, folks might have seen on my social media, but I am doing a special girly drinks pre-order giveaway. Um, I ordered a bunch of girly drinks koozies beer koozies although i guess you could use them for anything i've been using them for i'm using one of them right now for my Lacroix because i just it's nice holding something holding a koozie instead of like a cold condensation covered oh, can that's true i actually don't like cold drinks for this reason i don't like i'm always like give me a room temp Oh, yeah. Well, Capri, I'll hook you up with a koozie. Please. It's been life-changing because I, I drink LaCroix all the time, but I don't I don't like a wet, clammy hand. Uh, I don't like a wet drink, no. Oh, yeah. Well, koozies. Uh, so, uh, yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you pre-order my upcoming uh, nonfiction book, Girly Drinks, A World History of Women and Alcohol, uh, and you, it doesn't matter if you pre-order the ebook audiobook, hardcover, doesn't matter where you pre-order it, Barnes & Noble, your indie bookstore, bookshop, doesn't matter. And you send the proof of it to girly drinks koozie. that's K-O-O-Z-I-E at gmail.com. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, I'll put you in a drawing for, for a giveaway. They are pink and black, and they say girly drinks by Mallory O'Mara on them. They're really cute. Uh, and I have bought a fuckload of them, so it's not like I just have one and it's going to be, you have a one in a million shot of getting it. I, I have many of them, and I'm going to be sending out a Lunch. Um, and if you listen to the show, you know how important pre-ordering is. So I would be very, very, very pleased and very, very grateful if you would pre-order my book and hopefully I'll get to send you a koozie. Yeah, I have a quick bookmark. Um, the movie, uh, a movie that I wrote and I'm in and is directed by Natasha Kramani called Lucky is out. Um, maybe by the time this comes out, it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. So if you are interested and you collect uh, physical media, um, we did some cool stuff on the Blu-ray. There's um, commentary and uh, all sorts of good stuff. Like, um, uh, um, So yeah, check it out. on, And I'll be doing a lot of podcasts you can check me out on in the next few weeks talking about it yeah check out lucky on uh blu-ray so you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes before we talk about book sniffing we're going to take a quick break reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by Babbel. 
This summer, get the most out of your travels abroad by learning the language of your destination with Babbel, which is the number one, that's right, folks, number one selling language learning app. It's got bite-sized lessons that you can actually use in the real world. Babbel is a can't-miss travel essential. Now, are there any places you want to visit? Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely everywhere. But I will say most of the places that I want to visit involve languages that are not the one that is my that is my current language English Mm -hmm. yeah same I really want to go to Japan and I'd really like to go back to Spain I love Spain um there's so many places I'd like to go now that uh it seems like things are about to open up again and the thing that is really nice when you travel is if you speak even a little bit of the language, it makes your life a lot easier and it makes your experience a lot better. Uh, and of course, you know, there, we had the infamous language classes in high school that were not so great. Unlike those, Babbel designs their courses with practical, real world conversations in mind. Things you'll get to use in everyday life like, hey, I want a baguette. Hey, I want a croissant. Hey, I want a empanada. A book, a book recommendation. I'd like a book oh, recommendation. <laughs> yes, you can walk. I Well, Bria, I remember one time when you went to Portugal, you got me a notebook from the oldest bookstore in the world. That's and if true. you spoke book Portuguese, you could have asked them for what books they wanted to read. Ugh, they really, wanted you to read. I really could have. Um, and with Babbel, you could choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps improve your pronunciation and accent. If you've ever listened to any part of Reading Glasses, you know that I have an atrocious Boston area, New England accent, which makes it hard for me to to speak beautiful romance languages. Uh, But the cool thing about Babbel is that it helps you. It's not just reading and writing them, but it actually helps you pronounce these things. So, you know, sometimes when you think you're learning a language and then you go to the country and you actually like have to say things, it feels weird and embarrassing and awkward. Babbel will help prevent that for you by correcting your accent and pronunciation. So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Uh, So just go to Babbel.com and use promo glasses. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code glasses, for an extra three months free. B-A-B-B-E-L.com, Babbel.com, code glasses. You You folks know the code by now for an extra three months free. Glasses. Glasses. Hello, I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And we host Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. Every week, we share media that made us who we are. Things like Archie Comics, Sailor Moon, and lots of Taylor Swift. And now that Riley's an adult, it comes with 100% more butts. And now I am totally comfortable with it. So check out new episodes of Still Buffering every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Butts, butts, butts. Join in, Riley. Butts, 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 This week, we're talking about a favorite activity among readers, book sniffing. Why do so many people (laughs) love smelling books so much? What makes books smell good? Do some books smell better than others? Wow. We're really here to answer these hard-hitting questions. You know, like we have really- We're doing the deep dives here. 
We're really like taking it very seriously. Okay, so um, you, people probably know this, but if not, uh, it has to. It depends on what books are made out of. Um, the smell. Uh, it's either made out of ink, paper, and glue. Um, but when all of these materials are exposed to light and heat and moisture, they age and they start to break down, and that's what causes that smell, right? They um, there's cellulose in wood paper, um, and it starts to read really something's called VOCs, volatile organic compounds. Uh, Mallory and I both looked this up and I was, and and it seems like that's the thing that people kind of start to smell and it reminds you of old book smell. So which, which VOCs, as we're now going to call them on reading glasses, get released depends on exactly what kind of paper and ink and glue are used. That's why there, there was a lot of variation among book smells. Um, you know, and also it depends on how, like how the book was stored. If the book was like stored in a, in a dank basement, it's definitely going to smell different than when it was on like a bookshelf in a bookstore for a really long time. Um, and what it was exposed to, you know, different climate things. If it was in a dry place, if it was in a moist place, depending on all these factors, your book might start to smell sweet or it might smell like almonds or it might smell like vanilla. I think vanilla is, you know, the, the, the favorite among, um, Book sniffers, book oh. sniffing connoisseurs. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so that that's old books. But what about new books, Mallory? What, why do you think people like the smell of new books? It's happy associations. I, I think many people love the smell of books, whether they are new or old, just because they associate the smell of a book with joy, especially folks like glassers. <laughs> you know, in us, uh, they, they pick up a book and their brain goes, ah, yes, we have just gotten a book and we're about to read and all things in life are good. You know, scent memories are the strongest memories and there's something in your brain that literally goes, oh, look, let's drop a little bit of that sweet old serotonin in, into your into your system right now because you just picked up a book. Um. Okay. Confession time. Bria, are you a book sniffer? I would not call myself a book sniffer. I would call myself like a bookstore or a library sniffer. Like I'm a location-based sniffer. I'm a GPS. It depends. So you, you, you like setting even with your book sniffing. It's so true. It's true. I definitely feel a sense of calmness when I'm in a library and I think it is because of the smell that libraries have. Libraries tend to have like a specific smell to me and it really reminds me of being a kid. And, um, and it's just kind of like, it's the kind of thing that I really like to sit in when I'm in a library. Like I can feel the physical difference. Do you know what I mean? Like you walk in, Oh yeah. you take a breath and you're like, Oh, I know this place. Like, it's like a sense of familiarity. Um, I, I also worked at one for many years. So I, I think, um, that also helps. It reminds me of like a time in my life when I was like, you know, working a library, having a good time. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. So I definitely am like a location sniffer more than a book sniffer, uh, what about you, Mel? Oh, I, I, well, I totally get that. I, I, I've been starting to experience this a lot recently because now the world's opening up a bit. And the first time I went in, I still haven't been inside a bookstore, um, like to to browse for books. I'm hoping that happens pretty soon. Um, but when I the first time I went inside our local library here up on the mountain, I was like, "Why am I so happy?" And my brain was like, "Oh, you're like scent, like yeah. the smell of a library." My brain was like, "Oh, you're in a library," and mm-hmm. um. But I will confess I am a book sniffer for sure. Um, I absolutely get my nose right up in that book. I I, I love it. <laughs> now, first thing, I, but- <laughs> first thing, so you get a book and then you put your nose into it? No, I would say that I, I'm not like a dog. I don't get to get my <laughs> – I definitely – I think I pick up a book, got to look at the cover, I, now like look look at it and, and like read the, the page co- – read the – the uh, flap copy look at the author photo see if there's any undercover designs under that jacket 
And then, and then, you know, you gotta, you gotta romance a book before you sniff it. You can't just write, run right in there. Um, the funny thing is I don't remember when I started doing this, I guess I always have, I don't, I don't think I like my, I don't know. I don't think anyone, like I saw my grandfather sniffing books or anything. Like I, the funny part about book sniffing is that a lot of people think that they're the only for, and, until like the internet happened, I think a lot of people believe that they were the only weirdo book sniffer when in reality, like most, like a lot of print readers are, are book sniffers. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I think I just started sniffing them on my own. It was just like a natural progression of liking books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so do you have a preference for what kind of book smell or maybe book location smell smells best? I'm going to go old book, old, old book used. Like I, I love the smell of a used bookstore too, which is kind of a similar sm- smell to a library. It's like the older books. I actually was thinking about this. There's this place in Austin called Half Price Books. I used to spend a lot of time in, like I had just moved, gone, started college and um, I loved to go into half price and just kind of wander around and like sit down in the like I was discovering feminism and I like would sit down in the women's studies section. Um, and so it's like it's it's that feel of like the old like older books more than new books. And I think maybe that's why I'm going to be drawn to libraries more than I am like a brand new bookstore. Uh, what you about like a book cougar? I like a I like a book cougar. I like a wizened book. I like one that's <laughs> seen the world spent some time, has some things to, to teach me, has some things to pass down. Uh, a via, silver fox of a book. Via my old factory senses. Uh, what, what about you? What about you, Mallory? Not particularly. I mean, I think I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a universal book smell lover. Um, I think I'm more in the happy associations camp. I think any book smell makes me happy. I definitely like the smell of old books because like you, I love the way you use bookstore smells. I spent spent a lot of time when I was a teenager and younger person in used bookstores across New England. I think we had a half price book too. I think we had one in probably, Danvers. Probably, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we had a lot of really cool used bookstores. Um, and I love them because especially when I was younger, I didn't have a ton of money to spend on books, but I could be like, Ooh, a dollar bin. Like I would dive in there like Scrooge McDuck. Like it was just like, there's so many happy associations with it. Um, I mean, it definitely tells my brain like, Hey, you're reading. Hey, you're in a book place. Hey, you're in a happy place. Mm-hmm. I'm just like instantly happier. I'm more calm. Um, but I, you know, I also love the smell of a fresh brand spanking new book. You know, it makes me just as happy. Uh, maybe there's a little bit more nostalgia with old books, but even when I'm cracking open a new book, there's definitely, my brain goes, okay, right now. Cause it, like, there's never a time where I'm like cracking open a book and I'm stressed out, you know, mm. like run, like I'm running from a tiger and like somehow reading a book at the same time. It's always like associations <laughs> of re of like sitting and relaxing and, and like calm. And now is this time for myself. And like my brain after many, many years of reading is just like, now it's just an automatic thing. Um, yeah, you, you didn't get you didn't get ruined by graduate school or something where it's like stressful to no, open certain books. That's yeah. honestly one of the one of the perks of being at both a high school and college dropout is that I have no, <laughs> I only have only have positive associations with books. Um, so here's a big question, Bria: Would you wear book smell as a scent? Well, so you and I have tried out some scents, but they're more like we've tried out candles. Um, I we, th- no, we got that one perfume, remember, like wicked early on in the show. I ended up using it as like my bathroom spray. Oh my God. Because it was so strong. Yeah. And it was like, it was a very dry smell. Mm. 
Um, I think no. I mean, I don't wear perfumes, so this is one reason. Uh, I do kind of like, I have a vanilla-y one I will sometimes put on. Um, but smells are tough. And like, I don't love like, like smells that it's like, oh, it smells like grass. I'm like, don't, I don't want to smell like grass. Like I want to smell like something better <laughs> than decaying than anything like, than something organic. Like uh, Here smell- comes the walking lawn, Bria Grant. <laughs> Like, I don't want to smell like leaves. Like, I want to smell like, you know, like, yeah, like a vanilla or something sweet. I always want to go sweet. So I don't know if there was like one that smelled like a sweet vanilla that I could possibly get behind it. Um, But book candles, we've had those two. We reviewed some. They never quite do it, though. You know, they don't capture. This is the problem with smell, actually. I feel like smell, artificial smells never quite get to the smell we're looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, because it's like we were talking about earlier, the, so much of book smell is that happy association in your brain, and it, you just don't get the same rush from lighting a candle, I think. <laughs> no, lighting a candle is never really a rush. I, I just recently bought... <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just recently bought a bunch of can- uh, some candles that's supposed to smell like various places in Disney World. So it's like the Pirates of the Caribbean Why? and the um, Haunted Mansion. So it smells like chlorine and band-aids? I would what? like, I'm interested. I was curious. And, you know, I, but I go into the Pirates of the Caribbean and I'm like, uh, I, I think it smells good in there. Like it reminds me of like happy things. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to love these candles. They don't quite do it. Uh, they definitely no. don't don't hit, check that box. Um Okay, what about you? Would you wear a book smell as a scent? Would you become your final form and become... A book. A book. <laughs> a human book with glasses on. Yeah. Um, that's what I hope to, to, hope to someday ascend to. Um, the funny thing is I used to think so and maybe not. Now maybe not. Because I just... We haven't found a book-scented perfume that I've really loved. Um, I, I I do wear perfume. I uh, We are a very scent scent obsessed household uh my boyfriend has about five bazillion candles um but i have a few different perfumes that are like library inspired by black phoenix alchemy lab which is one of my favorite they're the, they're the company that yeah, always I love give them. you the the, the yeah, scent yeah, the, yeah. whenever i get stuff from them they always give me a million samples and i give them all to bria um and i make them into and, candles and, <laughs> uh and they have a bunch of libraries like themed ones but it's always like other things mixed in with it so it's more of a spooky smell i guess i like smelling spooky um but that checks out for i me. never <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah i think all the goodness of book smells is in the association with reading i think if i smelled a book and i wasn't have i didn't have a book like some form like an ebook or an audiobook like some kind of book around me my brain w- it's, it's like giving your brain blue balls mm. my brain's like what do you mean? We're not reading. Like, what's going on here? And I just don't think that they've really captured. I feel like you, you're you not going to, like, actually hit that nostalgia. You're not going to scratch that nostalgia itch with an artificial smell. Not yet. We are not at the place where we've just been able to capture no. smells uh, well enough in yeah. tiny bottles. But even, I mean, and even the library inspired ones, I don't smell them. And, and I think, ooh, this smells like a haunted library. I'm like, ooh, this smells like a vanilla-y... Um, cedary because a lot of book smells are wood scented vanilla Mm. scented um i'm trying to think of like a little bit of grass um parchment um those are like the kind of dry scents that you get when you are are when if you get some sort of perfume or candle that is book scented those are typically the ones maybe a little bit of incense or um 
trying to think of other booky smells that normally yeah go in. I w- I think it'd be like a vanilla like maybe a tobacco kind of smell tobacco oh um, yeah yeah that's another one Mallory I'm in you know I'm in New Orleans everybody and I was at a store and there were all these New Orleans scented candles this is a side note uh, and I was like which one should I get and I got the beignet <laughs> flavored candle of course you fucking did and let me tell you it is strong <laughs> it is. <laughs> They're like, man, this lady's just eating a lot of beignets. It smells like the most sugary, sweet. It is It is really intense. It's a little bit of a mistake, but. That's very, very funny. Please show, well, please show me when I get there. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think, listeners, please write in if you have book candle or book perfume suggestions that are very authentic. I, we're always willing to do more R&D into this area of, uh, of bookish life. But I think so far it's like a white whale where we haven't got, got quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on, on book sniffing to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Jordan Morris, fellow Max Fun host and one of the authors of Bubble, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. You can let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Those things can be hard to come by. (laughs) I was going to make that same joke. (laughs) I'm glad you did. So, Bria, what is Dipsy? Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. That is the goal of Dipsy. Y'all, what an amazing thing to have advertising on our show. And what an amazing thing to have in existence. These are these are stories specifically designed for your pleasure. So there's all all kinds of different stories and folks for all the glassers, this it's almost like they made Dipsy with reading glasses listeners in mind. You can search for different stories by your wheelhouse. You want queer stories? Type in queer stories. You want people with an Irish accent. You want a <laughs> sexy scientist. You want a dirty talker. It's literally your sexy wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the stories are amazing that you can listen to things about hooking up with your hometown crush you never made a move on or the coworker that you always had a little thing for. Uh, you know, the, it's like your romance, every romance trope you could ever want is in Dipsy. It's super cool. And I can personally attest the narrators are really good. Like I, I can understand if you're like, oh, I really want to get into romance, but maybe an, listen to an, like a, an audiobook story might be a little awkward. Folks, do not worry. It's not cheesy. The The narrators are really, really good. Very, very sexy. Yeah, and also, if, if this sounds like too much and you just need to widen down, Dipsy has wellness sessions and sensual bedtime stories and soundscapes. You know we love soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with this app. Uh, it's extremely cute. It's very, very well laid out. I posted a screenshot of it in our Reading Glasses Slack so people can see it. Uh, I was just really impressed by this. It's awesome. If you're looking for, you want to dip your toe into the world of erotica and romance, or you like, you know, you want to, maybe you're like Bria and you like reading before bed, but you always fall asleep. These stories are perfect because uh, they're they're pretty short. Most of them are like under 
20, 30 minutes long. So just like the perfect thing to listen to before you go to bed. It really is designed for, for erotica and romance readers. It's really impressive. And for listeners of Reading Glasses, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. So you get to try it out for a month. That's a whole lot of sexy stories that you can fit into a month. At, at least 30 because you could do one a day. But hey, we're not judging if you want to do more than one a day. You can do many a go day. Go for it. So go to dipsy.com slash glasses. That's, yeah, 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. 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 Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we host Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a new Simpsons podcast that is Simpsons adjacent. Mm -hmm. Um, In its topic, we talk to Simpsons writers, directors, voiceover actors, you name it, about non-Simpsons things that they've done. Because, surprise, they're all extremely talented. Absolutely. For example, David X. Cohen worked on The Simpsons, but then created a little show called Futurama. Mm -hmm. That's our very first episode. So tune in for stuff like that with Yardley Smith, with Tim Long, with different writers and voice actors. It's going to be so much fun. And we are every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So I am here with Jordan Morris, co-writer of the new graphic novel, Bubble, and Tony Cliff, the illustrator of the new graphic novel, Bubble. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. Yeah, it's good to be here uh, coming to you live from Bria Grant's old couch. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I love that couch. What a great couch. Yeah. I I, uh, I, I bought a couch off Bria a number of years ago, and it has been my primary couch ever since. Yeah, if you ever get rid of that, I would like it back. I love that couch. It's okay. such a nice little couch. We can make it. We can make a deal. I had it reupholstered. Oh, good. It needed that. It definitely needed that. Well, people are here for the couch talk, but. <laughs> And I also want to make sure to shout out um, our collaborators uh, who couldn't be on the podcast today. Um, I co-wrote the uh, first draft of the script with a great comedy writer named Sarah Morgan uh, from the UK. She did a lot of work on the Bubble podcast. Uh, and also uh, Natalie Reese did the colors. Uh, it's it's a really a beautiful book in many ways, um, colors included. And Natalie does an awesome uh, kids series called Dungeon Critters uh, that is just hilarious and awesome. Uh, yeah, so um, they were both um, awesome collaborators and um, yeah, really, uh, really like pushed the book to some cool new places. So much fun. Bria, you've talked, you talked in, um, in previous episodes about uh, the value or you, you guys have talked about the value of like working together on projects and stuff, like working with people on projects and stuff. Uh, as opposed to working, you know, alone by yourself. And this project was so much fun to collaborate with everybody. It was such a, such a delight. Anyway, I'm just, all of this, this to say, like, <laughs> when you said, mentioned that on the previous episode, like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Somebody else gets it. <laughs> Yay. Good. I'm, I'm glad. What are y'all reading? Uh, yeah, I can go first. Um, I just finished a great novel uh, called No One Is Talking About This by Patricia oh. Lockwood. Yes, Mallory loved it. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I don't know how much uh, you've covered it on the show so far, um, but I think the elevator pitch would be 
It is a novel that kind of simulates what it's like to be online in 2021. And I know that sounds kind of stressful, but like the author does it in such a funny, like observant, like just spot on way. And and it, it starts out very funny. It's kind of a satire of like influencers and online people. And then it, it, it you know, it kind of gets a, a little more emotional, a little more intense, but it still stays really funny. Um, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It is, um, it, it's really terrific. I assume we're all following Patricia on the internet, on uh, on Twitter's yep. and so forth. She's good on there. I'm not on Twitter, yeah, but she's hilarious. I can only imagine that she is. She's so funny. Her books, uh, I loved Priest Daddy. Oh, yeah. I got to do Priest Daddy. Everyone everyone tells me it's awesome. It's uh, it's definitely on my list. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, on my book stand, I have, uh, I have two books. I have a book called The Old Ways by Robert McFarlane, which is nonfiction about walking around in England. Um, and then also Isabel Allende's uh, Z- telling of the Zorro story, which I just remember being really good. So I'm, uh, but but I read it like a decade ago. So I'm dipping back in to see, see how it goes, see how it holds up, that sort nice. of thing. Um, do you, y'all want to tell us about your new graphic novel, Bubble? Uh, yeah, sure. It is a uh, sci-fi comedy. It is set in a kind of uh, alternate near future or alternate present uh, where uh, humanity has kind of retreated inside of these domed cities where, um, you know, you can you can live in any kind of theme you want to. If you uh, most of our action takes place in like a hipster bubble, that's kind of like a little Silver Lake or a Portland and um and yeah, and and everybody in there uh, is kind of like tied to the gig economy, and uh, our main characters have to like fight all of these poisonous monsters in order to survive. And it's a uh, yeah, it's you know kind of a it's kind of a, a a sci-fi satire of stuff that's going on now and shit people have to deal with. And uh, yeah, about how the uh, gig economy is uh, slowly strangling us all. I loved the swipes of the gig economy. It was. <laughs> <laughs> too true. It was science fiction, but too true. This is um, could easily be like a funny Black Mirror episode or something. It's definitely taking things that exist now and that people think about a lot now. And like, I, I love the way you dealt with them in the book. It was, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's also lovely and heartwarming and, and a tale yeah. of genuine friendship between people who really like each other. I loved that aspect. The characters were so funny. And um, I just can't say enough good things about this. It was just such a joy to read. I read it for cover, from cover to cover in one sitting. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, for those who don't know, this sh- this was originally a show, uh, a narrative podcast on our very own podcast network, Maximum Fun. Um, and I'm sure people have listened to it. So if they did, or if they didn't, but but let's say they did. Uh, let's say, <laughs> what can they expect from the book? Um, that's the same. What really differs from the podcast going from a podcast medium to a book medium? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I should mention uh, Bria, the character you play is featured in the book. I was stoked. I was excited to see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Bria plays a really funny, um, like suburban uh, death machine <laughs> type uh, uh, hover mom in uh, in the podcast, and that character made its way into the book uh, in in a really cool way. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think we wanted to kind of balance. Um, you know, showing people stuff they liked from the podcast, but also, you know, giving them enough new stuff to where they don't 
feel bad about paying 20 bucks for it. <laughs> um, and yeah, and also just to kind of like flesh out some of the characters, do some like, you know, character exploration that we didn't do in the podcast. Um, yeah, so I, I think we we just kind of wanted to, you know, make sure it was it was it was for comics, you know, and do some very comicsy stuff. Um, yeah, but also, you know, have some of the fun moments and characters that um, that people liked from the podcast. Yeah, I think we like we tried to work we worked hard at the start to make sure that this was a thing that like wasn't delivering the exact same experience. And, and I was, you know, I was nervous about that at the start. I'm like, oh, is this, you know, I've, I listen to the podcast. I love the podcast. Is this going to feel different enough? And I, you know, I think it does. I think, it, I think if you like the podcast, you'll like this. Um, it, I mean, that, that same feeling is there. And, but also, I don't know, it's fun to experience it in a different way. Yeah, I totally agree. So on reading glasses, um, and you have this in the book. We we love we have this debate a lot about star ratings. Um, and in your book, someone gets a three star rating, which Mallory and I think is a bad star rating. But then people will argue with us, and they say, "No, three stars. That's you know, like a B. That's like an average. You know, it's good. That's a good rating." So, <laughs> what's your stance on star ratings for books or movies? Obviously, we talk about Goodreads a lot on this show, um, but like, is three good? Is three bad? How are you rating books? What's your system? Do you have a star rating system? Yeah, I think, and and that that argument that you described is three bad or is it a B? That is like totally the joke of that scene in the book. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope that yeah, I hope that if people are into that argument, uh, I hope they like that section of the book. That scene um, has quickly become one of my favorites. So funny, yeah, and uh, and I think you'll you'll see a little uh, Max Fun cameo from someone in that scene um, <laughs> as a little Easter egg. Um, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I think in, in terms of the gig economy, gig economy workers, you know, they always you know tell you when you're getting out of the lift or you know whatever, make sure to rate me five stars because I think the app does fuck workers if they have less than five stars. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I guess like personally, I I try not to post the review if I'm going below four stars. I, I don't <laughs> like to trash things online. I don't think I do a good job. I don't think I'm funny when I'm doing it. Um, so yeah, I think I like to keep my trashing to a private group chat situation. And this is I'm, a great practice. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. If and I'm, it feels oh, like, oh, like, like from a pragmatic standpoint, it feels like you either you rate five star a whole five stars. If it's out of five, you rate a whole five stars. You just don't like just don't bother. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is my this is my practice. This is exactly what I do, actually. Five or nothing. Five or I don't. Or I'm just like, why do I even why am I why am I even bothering? I like Jordan that you um, feel that. Uh, in order to trash talk online, you have to be funny about it. That seems like is that <laughs> I mean, I think some people can get away with it, uh, but a very select few. Um, in general, I think if you're if you're if you're a creative person and you're shit talking a creative product online, you almost always come off bad, even if the thing actually deserves it uh mm-hmm. so yeah I, I in 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 my my personal practice is to like you know uh 
trash something in a group chat or over drinks <laughs> and not in a place where the uh, the actual creator might see it. Right. So what you're saying, Jordan, is if we go to your Twitter feed and we just sort of scour for like any given project, um, if it doesn't come up, that means you hated it. That means I hated it. Yes. And I am. And I am shit talking it to my friends. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> OK, so um, on the subject of adaptations, are there any adaptations? Because I think of this as sort of an adaptation. I'm not sure if it's an adaptation. I mean, I guess it is. Right. Would you call it an adaptation? Yeah. I mean, I think I think I think. Even in the book, Tony is credited as the adapter. So, okay. Um, okay. so yeah. Okay. Um, are there any adaptations you love that you can recommend to our readers? It can be any any form. Uh, on the topic of podcast to, on the topic of podcast to book adaptations, uh, I read a great one called "The Infinite Noise." It is by uh, an author named Lauren Shippen who does a great scripted podcast called The Bright Sessions. The elevator pitch is, uh, what if we followed around the X-Men's therapist? And uh, it's a great scripted podcast that I had only heard a couple of episodes of. I was not a huge nerd about it, but I liked it a lot. Um, And I saw that it had become a a kind of a YA um, sci-fi romance book. And I, I picked it up on a whim just to support the world of podcast to book and uh couldn't put it down i thought it was terrific and and yeah it did a really good job of like you know weaving in stuff you liked from the podcast and again i haven't heard the whole thing but it it did seem like there were kind of new avenues and some new ways to explore the characters so i I thought that was just a a great um a great example of podcast to book and something that i thought a lot about while we were making bubble cool Tony, you got any? Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you, like, I know there's something, I know there's something absolutely perfect, and I, I really want to tell you about it, and it is just, like, sitting at the back of my brain. I am literally sitting in my room here, I'm looking around, I'm like, where is the clue I'm looking for to help me identify this thing? I know it, so I apologize to the person whose project um, I am not, <laughs> I am not recommending right now. I know it's there. It's just there. It's at the back on the tip of my tongue. Back on That's my fine. Head. Listen, when I'm, people will be like, can you recommend any books? And I'm like, what are books? Like it's my <laughs> <laughs> forgets everything. Um, okay. So something we love to ask on the show, um, is what is your reader wheelhouse? That is something that will get you to pick up a book, no matter what it is. You're like, you see that a book is about that. And you're like, I'm going to read that book. I love this idea, by the way. Mm. Also, I like this. And, you know, like above and beyond like genres or or this thing or that thing or the other thing. I think a wheelhouse is a nice way to look at it. Um, Jordan, do you have any uh, any of the what do you think? Yeah. So my wheelhouse is um, uh, people in fantastic situations um, who are using very colloquial language. Oh. Um, and that will be very evident if you read Bubble that that is something that I like. Um, but yeah, I just kind of love that. I love people who are in a sci-fi or a horror or a fantasy situation who are kind of talking like normal people that you recognize. Um, the Hellboy comic is a great example. Yes, because oh. in in Hellboy, it's all like like Cthulhu and and all this like these rites and incantations and big blustery blowhard guys. And Hellboy is always just like no nonsense. <laughs> it's like yeah. cuts right to the chase. It's so refreshing and it's so funny. Yeah, absolutely. Hellboy is such a great example of that. Um, I love, you know, I love the graphic novel Saga and uh, mm-hmm. East of West and um, 
Oh, Bray, you guys had Charlie Jane Anders on the show not too long ago, right? Yeah. She has a great book called All the Birds in the Sky that um, is this kind of mm. nutty sci-fi story um, where everybody just talks very plainly. Uh, Karen Russell is another author that I love who kind of does this. Uh, she does mostly short stories. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny, one. <laughs> you know, like the Hellboy thing is so funny when he just like chomps on a cigar and then, you know, punches out a space squid. Um, but I do think it works well for emotional stuff. I do think it, it, it helps you connect to a character when they're not, you know, talking like they're from Middle Earth, when they sound like somebody you know or somebody that is in your life. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it as a joke, and I also like it as um, a way into a crazier story. Cool. Yeah, and that's in there in Bubble. Yeah. Tony, what's your reader wheelhouse? I, I don't know. I feel like I got a bunch. I really like I really like fun stories that are written really well. Like when somebody was like who's like way I don't know, maybe these are like dated ideas, but like somebody who's like really overqualified writes something just like really fun and action-y or something. Like when a like a when a really um when a big name director directs uh you know, a superhero movie, stuff like that. Like that's why I'm reading uh Isabel Allende Zorro right now is like it's it's some very nice writing applied to the sort of action adventure kind of nonsense I like. I like it when we get some. I like it when we get uh, a nice mix like that. Nice, I love that. Okay, so um, where can we find you online, and uh, where can we order Bubble? Um, yes, so uh, so yeah, I am on uh, Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris, and on Instagram, newly on Instagram at Jordan David Morris, and um, yeah, Bubble is 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 available basically anywhere. It's at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, but I'm going to take a wild guess and assume that your listeners have a local indie bookstore that they love and perhaps even a personal relationship with the people who run it. So, um, yeah, if, if you're out there and you have an indie bookstore you love or a comic book store, um, uh, you can put it there. And that's a great way to, like, help out the book and help them out uh, uh, and and uh, just bring a, a general um, explosion of goodness and kindness into the world. Uh, you can find me at TonyCliff.com. Um, and then there's links to, uh, um, you know, all of my junk. Um, I write and illustrate a series of sort of old fashioned adventure comics, uh, graphic novels um, called it's the Delilah Dirk series. Um, I designed it to fill the Indiana, J Indiana Jones shaped hole in my own heart. It might be the same for you. <laughs> Um, and last year in the middle of pandemic, I had a children's book called Let's Get Sleepy come out. Um, not a great time to release a book, um, but it is absolutely perfect for the two to seven year old in your life. Uh, but yeah, all of this and more can be found at um, at TonyCliff.com. I am currently hard at work on a fourth installment in the Delilah Dirk series. Nice. More, yeah, like I said, information all right there. Um, also, just shout out, uh, Jordan obviously has a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network called Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah, uh, Jordan Jesse Go is uh, it's a blast. It's uh, it's a nonsense chat show. Uh, Bria, you and Mallory were on very recently. Bria, you've been on a ton of times in the past, and um, yeah, it's it, it's a blast. If you want to listen to uh, Bria and Mallory's episode first, uh, we had a we had an awful good time. Uh, so yeah, Jordan Jesse Go, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> and is always a delight. Ah, shucks. It is. Um, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thank yeah, you thank us. you for having us. This was so fun. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, 
Oh, folks, we are testing out the greatest thing we've ever tested out on this show, the motherfucking laminator. Thank you so much to Glasser Molly for sending this. Before I start gushing, Bria, please tell us about this laminator. Well, okay, yes. To remind people, we had this full conversation about the laminator when we, I think we were talking about bookmarks. Is this when it came up, Mallory? Yes. Okay. So it we came talk- up in the infamous bookmark episode. The bookmark episode where we were like, oh, the, some bookmarks are great, but, you know, they won't stand the test of time. And then we were like, oh, what about you could laminate things that you want bookmarks that are good bookmarks you want to keep, but they would not survive, like, weather or something. Um, anyway, and then during our Maximum Fun Drive, this book, this laminator showed up on our, uh, in our oh. mail. Um, it floated down from the clouds on a beam of sunlight. And y'all, we started laminating. Um, and speaking of smells, oh. this one has a great plastic smell, a melted plastic smell. It reminds me of being in a library as a kid because they definitely had laminators in there. Um, but just to describe it for you, this is small. This is not your junior high school laminator that took up like half of a room. This is like a, like a 1950s computer. Uh, this, is a, this is a desktop laminator. It's like you sit. It's, it's from Scotch brand, right? It's from Scotch brand. It's about the size of, it's like the width of like um a large laptop or something um it's a tabletop one it's about the size of a hoagie would you say a large <laughs> hoagie a foot long sub <laughs> that's right the size though. it absolutely is the size of a large and, sub and but shape. the fact that that's the th- first thought bria is that it just looks like a large sandwich it's um, it's very, oh it's portable. It's super portable. Uh, Mallory like came over and got it from my house because it's uh, because I'm not there and it's it's not hard to carry. This thing is very at home friendly. Yeah, it's basically it is like what's the next size up from a foot long? It's like a little bit bigger than a foot long. If you went to Subway, but there's a foot no long- bigger than a foot long. Then it's party party sub after that. Then okay, you go into like one, party then sub. you go into one that can feed like twenty five people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's about like a foot long from Subway. It definitely has a long cord. It's the Scotch Thermal Laminator. It is about twenty two bucks. So I was really impressed with the the um. And you have to buy the, the paper too. The, uh, like yeah. uh, Molly sent us the paper as well. So it's like these very specific little packets. And unfortunately, they are going to be. You can't buy random paper. It probably has to be the Scotch brand paper. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like the I'm the saying Scotch paper brand but I mean plastic. Yeah, they're like little plastic pouches, but I don't think those are too expensive either. Um, all I mean, I was gonna say it feels like, especially with the long cord, it felt like like a big hair curler. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. That's because it has to heat up too. Um, you have to like turn it on. That's something we didn't know when we did the live stream. Is you have to turn it on and like wait a couple minutes, just like a curling iron, for it to heat up. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Priya, what did you think of using that? You you were the first, you did you laminated live. I what did you think of this? I unboxed it. I turned it on. I let it heat. It gives you like a little light when it's done heating. Um, okay, I'm gonna say again. Bonus points for smell. Bonus points for smell. Smell. But overall, five out of five pages for me. It laminates. That's the job it's designed to do. <laughs> it was not that complicated to use. Once you put something inside that little pouch, you just sent it through um and i think it's like really kind of helpful if there's like a lot of stuff you're like oh like i i don't want to fuck up this piece of paper or my like social security card i don't know if you should laminate that but whatever uh like my my vax card something like that um like i think that it's it's like a very helpful thing if you tend if you want to laminate a lot and again 
not that pricey, like not that expensive considering that you can laminate from home things. Um, I feel like you have a stronger opinion than me though. You've spent more time with this thing. I checked, well, I texted you yesterday when I was, and I, and folks, when this episode drops, I will be putting a video on our Instagram and Twitter, um, of, um, my lamination spree. Cause I texted Bria after I started and I was like, Bria, I think I'm addicted to this laminator. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm about to show Bria right now. I just laminated. Oh my God. Mallory. That's so many. You were like 30 bookmarks. Now, was that all with the paper oh, yeah. that was sent us with the, with the plastic? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, because you can, the great thing about the pouch is the pouch is about eight by 11. It's like the size of a piece of paper. So you can put a lot of bookmarks in it to laminate it. Um, folks, can I give this six out of five pages? Like, <laughs> this is my favorite thing we've ever reviewed on the show. I'm completely fucking obsessed with it. I, I mean, I started looking, I was like, what else can I laminate? Give me, give me stuff to laminate. I even, I was like, Jeremy, do you need me to laminate anything? You, you get, bring it, bring it in my office. Um, again, great. It's, it's inexpensive. You get a lot of plastic pouches when you buy a pack. Um, the pack that Molly sent us had a, a fuckload in there. And I, I mean, I laminated to my heart's content yesterday and I only used like five of the pouches because wow. you can fit like three or four books. Yeah. You can do, you can do a lot in one. Yeah. It's very quick. Um, it only, you know, it heats up in a couple minutes that goes through the when you you feed it in and it gets laminated in 30 seconds um it cools down about a minute later i mean the whole pro you could laminate if if you were in a rush and needed to laminate a bookmark you could i have it. a lamination emergency i gotta laminate this bookmark oh, yeah Cook. you could do it it was like a, if they were that would be my jason statham movie like oh my oh fuck mallory needs to laminate all these bookmarks in five minutes i could do it um, it's very, very easy to use. Um, I forgot to grab the instructions when I picked it up from Priya's house and I panicked, uh, but I didn't need them. Like you just put stuff in the pouch, turn it, turn it on, put the stuff in a pouch, make sure there's like about an inch between everything. Um, and I fed it through, like I didn't need, absolutely did not need any instructions. Very easy to use. Um, I just couldn't love it anymore. And the thing that we got to talk about folks is these laminated bookmarks are, top notch oh I increase all the marks and the thing that i want to show you so bria i'm holding this bookmark up to bria right now i've had this bookmark a, since i was wolf. in elementary school it's a wolf. okay uh-huh. and uh, the, the the shark fin as we called it the very tip of the bookmark is was just completely worn away like the picture is wearing off and i laminated it and now it's safe forever That's i mean true. i've had this book for this this bookmark for like over 20 years oh, and wow. now it's going to live for another 20 more wow it's really cool i even laminated some non-bookmark things to test it out by jeremy my boyfriend got me um a couple of years ago these lord of the rings valentines that oh, i've been cute. using for bookmarks because uh-huh. we're both obsessed with lord of the rings and i laminated and now it's like a perfect little bookmark oh. um so you could laminate other things, little pieces of paper. I saw lots of folks um, order our new merch from Void Merch and got some stickers and laminated those and turned them oh, into bookmarks. I love that. If you're a bookmark freak, get a laminator. Or if you know a bookmark freak, get them a laminator for their birthday. For Christmas, this makes a great gift. For, I all, mean, for all you bookmark heads out there, you mark I mean, heads. We, with all the fucking fan mail we get, I know there's some bookmark freaks out there. Those markers, I don't know what we want to call them, but it's, um, Molly, I can't thank, thank you enough. I just, I love it. I'm definitely, I mean, I've talked on the show a long time ago about how one of my favorite things to do is when I 
visit other countries or places I haven't been, I go to a bookstore and I, if I can't get any books, I definitely still want to get a bookmark. It's like a, like looking through my bookmarks, I'm like, oh, I'm remembering all these great memories of traveling and like going to these bookstores and now they're all fucking laminated. So they'll last for a really long time. And, um, I just, I, I I'm gushing. I can't talk wow. enough about how much I love the bookmark or book, the, the laminator. She gave it, it six, really out, of five. Store, six it, out of five. It's so small. Again, it's the size of a, of a foot long. I mean, I just put it in my, my, one of my, the cabinets on my desk, like mm-hmm. just love it. I mean, high, high marks folks. Absolutely recommend getting it one for yourself. If you are a person who, even if you don't, you don't think you're a bookmark head if you have a lot of bookmarks and you're wor- and you're like me and um you're worried about like I have certain bookmarks that I don't use all the time because I'm like oh I love this bookmark and I don't want to like it to get oh, sure. yeah I feel like that about know, some get, clothes get, get worn well you can't laminate your clothes unfortunately but uh you can laminate your bookmarks and 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 it makes a really it improves them it makes them waterproof it makes them uh have higher stamina durability i mean a little bit more length it's great absolutely great six out of five best thing we've ever read on the show wow uh wow. so you can send your <laughs> send your book tech ideas to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and if you want us to test out some tech solve a reader problem get a rec- give you a recommendation send everything to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember you can buy reading glasses tote bags shirts mugs notebooks pillows stickers so many awesome things and our brand new collaboration with our friend over at void merch link in the show notes we are i was just looking the other day at the breakdown of how many what what people are buying it's overwhelmingly the libraries are fucking awesome is the most Ooh, cool i one. love that great it's really cool it's my favorite design too jordan knocked it out of the park um yeah link in the show notes if you want to check that out and if you like the show and you don't want to spend any money but you want to do something nice for us rate and review us on itunes it's great for us it's great for our listeners makes us look extremely fucking cool um you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading, for reading.